Hello, everyone. Welcome to your newest episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your host, myself, Laura Matsu, and my husband, Bernhard Gunther. And on this episode, we are going to talk about the black-pilled matrix, mind trap, and the antidote. Okay, so what is the black-pilled matrix mind trap? It's essentially believing that everything is a psyop, everyone is controlled opposition, it's a getting caught in a very negatively biased mindset and basically just seeing darkness in, everywhere in the world, even in places where it may not be entirely dark. Um, but before we get into that, I just want to make a couple quick announcements. Um, the next round of Embodied Soul Awakening, which is our 14-week online psycho-spiritual group program, is now full. Uh, the next the next registration is going to start in October. So if you want to get on the waiting list, this, this course actually filled up in record time. So we highly recommend anyone who's interested to be on the waiting list. Um, you would be going to the website, thetimeoftransition.com. And I also just want to give a quick shout out to everyone who left a review on iTunes. We really deeply appreciate when you guys leave reviews. If anyone does like this podcast and wants to share their thoughts about it, we love it when you leave reviews for us on iTunes, the iTunes platform. It just helps us with the algorithm. It helps people know what the podcast is about. So thank you for everyone who leaves reviews. And if you enjoy this podcast, we do really appreciate you going and dropping a review on iTunes when you have a moment. Okay, so what we're going to get into in this podcast, just for a quick overview, first, we're going to talk about how a lot of people seem to be questioning what's happening in the world more and more. They're more open to topics and things that would be considered, quote unquote, conspiracies. And a lot of stuff is coming to light, like it's almost like a collective red pill moment. But at the same time, we're noticing many people who are kind of identifying in the so-called truth movement are getting caught up in a very negative, paranoid, black-pilled, doom and gloom view of the world. So as more and more people have taken this quote-unquote red pill over the past few years, we've seen a lot of people get called controlled opposition, shill, they call everything a psyop. Um, and the recent example is actually the sound of freedom. So we're going to talk about our our thoughts about that. So this is basically also related to fifth generation warfare, which is basically a type of social engineering type warfare that works through our minds, that works through misinformation. We're also going to talk about our experiences and insights. We did see the sound of freedom and we have our own opinion about that. We're going to share about this splitting happening in the community, like this film is the worst, don't go see it, and the film is the best ever. Um, we're going to talk about how this relates to the dark side of Pluto and Aquarius, what this could mean from an archetypal perspective, how can we can protect children from child sex trafficking, trafficking, which is a huge issue, and also sexual abuse in children is also running rampant, as it has been for the past who knows how long and how to work with splitting behavior in yourself. So if you're the kind of person who loves an influencer, who loves someone, and then the moment that they do something that you don't like, they're, the, they're evil, they're demonic, they're satanic, then this is a way that you can work with that within yourselves. And this is a very common defense mechanism. So we all do it from time to time. And then in the second hour, which is going to be only for members, as we always do, we're going to talk more about this divide and conquer in the truth community, how it relates to Watiko and how Watiko can infect groups. 
um, how the hyperdimensional matrix and how occult forces will tend to target the truth seeker and then almost hijack this awakening impulse. I'm also going to talk about some evolutionary astrology, the dangers of the second stage of individuation, what it looks like. Primarily what it looks like is throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Everything is a psyop. Everything popular is a psyop kind of attitude. We're going to talk about why healing the trauma of the past few years is critical and how what the antidote is to the, all of this. So yeah, let's just go right into it. So where should we begin? All right. Um, first, I want to make a call, talk a little about definition of those pills, because sometimes I notice people get upset. I don't want to take any pills. What are you talking about pills all the time? And obviously, it's an analogy to the famous Matrix movies, taking the red pill when Neo took the red pill, so to speak, to find out what the Matrix is about. So in essence, the red pill is just an analogy to question everything we've been told and taught to really, you know, uh, go down the rabbit hole and not only seek truth externally, but also within ourselves. And it's not about even finding out about the lies, but also about the truth. And uh, black pill is the opposite, as Laura just uh, pointed out, that it is it just takes when the red pill process of seeking truth takes a very negative turn and paranoid um, process, so to speak, where people only see doom and gloom and there are traps everywhere. And this is exactly what we want to talk about. But on a positive note, uh, as Lord just mentioned at the beginning, over the past three years, and we have seen this in our work as well, by the way, working with many people, there has been, uh, because there's a paradox, because of the attempted enslavement of humanity, the medical tyranny, globalization, all of that, what we're seeing right now on the world stage, it did trigger an awakening in many people that did not question many things uh, before the so-called pandemic happened. So a lot of people have, quote-unquote, taken the red pill over the past three years and started to question things. So that's very positive. But at the same time, uh, with the red pill, the black pill emerged as well. And I've seen a lot of people getting overly, how can I say, hooked down the conspiracy wormhole and it has can easily take a bad turn when we get overly fixated in external information and don't become discerning anymore uh, with the conspiracy world as well because as much as we need to question the mainstream media, we also need to question a lot of aspects of the truth or movement or conspiracy world as well. Yeah, so black-pilled is really getting caught in a very doom and gloom, paranoid mindset. And I see a lot of people kind of just, I mean, in a very dark place, to put it plainly. Um, and this is mainly, obviously, happening on social media. But I've also heard stories from people that we know who have no understanding of trauma, who are commenting about the emotionless, expressionless look they've noticed on people lately, which mm -hmm. is a sign of freeze, which is a sign that that person is in a frozen state. It's an aspect of trauma when you have very flat emotional range, meaning instead of having the range of emotions, happiness, sadness, and everything in between, you're just flat and frozen. So that's what I'm seeing a lot, is that we've been through a lot of stress over the past few years, especially. A lot of people were already disassociated to begin with, and the stress has pushed them over the edge. We've seen an increase of mental illness and depression and suicide and drug addiction. So we're dealing with a lot of collective trauma and as a result of it, also collective mental illness. And if you're someone who deviates more into the kind of truth conspiracy rabbit hole, 
um, your mental illness and your quote unquote truth seeking can almost couple up and take you into a very dark place, which is not also indicative of reality anymore. So in that, that sense, I can see it like you just described the past three years ago. So it happened, this almost trauma installment program, the lockdowns, um, people went down the conspiracy rabbit hole, almost like a conspiracy bypass in order not to deal with difficult emotions and feelings and yeah. all of that, right? Yeah, I mean, this is like, we've literally, like how many people have known people who have died from the vaccine, who've taken the vaccine? We are dealing with like, I've never lived through this event like this, that there was this amount of trauma. We can't deny that. It's very odd too, because I was thinking the other day, there's just a lot of people who have no idea the amount of vaccine deaths that have happened. Yeah. They have no clue what's going on or they've just dismissed it, you know? So we need to acknowledge that what happened to us collectively, we've never been through before, at least on a worldwide level, that there's been a lot of trauma, there's been a lot of death, and a lot of people, especially in North America, are not very well equipped to deal with that. They're not emotionally intelligent. They don't understand how to work with grief. They don't understand how to work with their own trauma. And a lot of people are most likely falling into disassociation and escapism, which includes constantly being online as a defense mechanism against facing the pain of what happened. Exactly. And just to be clear, obviously there are real conspiracies out there. My whole work has been about that over the past 20 years a lot of things I've written about years ago now actually happened or people are more open about it, so to speak. So there are true conspiracies, absolutely. And the truth is hidden from us is information warfare. So it, we need to you know, be discerning, dig down the rabbit hole, gather information, be discerning, but it can become easily a trap when we get overly focused on external information gathering alone without doing the inner work specifically, then our unconscious trauma gets involved. We get triggered, our unconscious shadow projections and then the paranoid mindset can easily kick in. I've seen increasingly accusations of this or that is a psyop, this is controlled op, he is a shill, this, you know, all over the place I've never seen before. Yeah, You know, exactly. to the degree that's extremely oversimplified and not based on any concrete evidence. And people just, oh, there's something feels off about this person, my intuition. But, yes. you know, a lot of your so-called intuition and feelings can be overlaid by unconscious trauma, your unconscious bias, projections, whatever. Maybe you have never faced within yourself. So it's easier than said than done than, than when you say you trust your intuition, so to speak. Yeah, and it's a very common defense mechanism where we either see people as all good or all bad. So it's very black and white thinking. So when a person is calling someone controlled opposition because they maybe supported the sound of freedom and they didn't like that, what's happening is I'm all good. My intuition is always correct. I know everything. And since you did something I didn't like, you're all bad. And it's a failure to recognize both wholeness in an ind individual, meaning to see people as having good, neutral, and bad traits, and also recognizing it within yourself. So either you're all good and they're all bad, or you're all bad and they're all good. And there can be nothing in between. And for anyone who's had a long-term, mature, healthy adult relationship, there's things that you're going to like about people and there's things that you're not going to like about people. There's qualities that are that are nice, that are uh, positive in yourself and there's qualities which are destructive within yourself. And through the process of inner work, through the process of shadow work, you'll realize that. But I think what we're dealing with is like collective trauma, mm, collective yes. splitting 
And it's gonna, I, I personally think that the next six months or however long we have before 2024 really heats up are crucial because if most, like we're in a psychological war, we're in a place of psychological warfare. So the more you buy into this kind of doom and gloom, black-pilled, paranoid mindset, the less powerful you are, the less effective you are, you know, you're just taken over by another type of matrix. Exactly. And that reminds me of something Neil Kramer said many years ago, even before the so-called pandemic started. Neil Kramer, I'm sure some of our listeners are aware of him. He's like, I would say, a mystic philosopher. Does great work. I forgot the name of this of his website right now on the top of my head. But I remember something he said really uh, incredible, and it's so true, about the already like paranoid, quote-unquote, black pill truther community that is just stuck in the rabbit holes, these traps everywhere and like in this very negative doom and gloom mindset. And here I'm paraphrasing him. He said basically as they are trying to expose the matrix, but the matrix has them too as they're caught out in the second matrix as he called it. Uh, prisoners of their own paranoid minds. And that also obviously relates to Watiko, Paul Levy's work whom we had on uh, in the past podcast. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's why prisoners of your own mind, that you don't know on your own psyche, you get also influenced by other forces or cold forces, Wetiko or um, delusions, you then mistake for truth and you can convince yourself of that, but you're very misled because where? It comes from your own shadow, your own trauma, uh, childhood wounding, your own bias, whatever it may be, we all have to varying degrees. And that's also what these forces tag into, yeah. by the way. And install these paranoid thoughts, mm -hmm. make it very convincing. I mean, I want to go deeper from the occult uh, metaphysical perspective. The second hour, they can create uh, the confirmation bias. They can create artificial synchronicities to show you that, oh, you're all right in your delusion. Yes, this is this is a psyop, this is a controlled op, this is a shill. And keep you imprisoned in 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 your, of your own making, basically in your own mind. So this is this is really important to understand that this um awakening impulse can easily hijack through your be hijacked through your own mind and you have to have self-awareness to be able to notice this it will begin mm -hmm. with that you have to be curious about getting to know your own mind you have to be curious about your perceptions you have to be able to question your original beliefs and and, and perceptions and also what i'm seeing in people is that we've had a lot of relational trauma over the past few years, especially. Well, we've had a lot historically, but it's, it's really heat up over the past few years where anyone who doesn't agree with us 100% is becoming an enemy. So, and I do this myself, so I can speak for myself, especially with the whole woke agenda. The moment I see someone with like purple hair and like a septum piercing, <laughs> you know, I see them as almost like a communist red guard uh, or part of me does rather. And I have to watch out for splitting. And I know it's hard. I know some people will even be triggered that I even consider that because this is what the divide and conquer wants. They want you to identify as one side and then hate the other side. And that's what the left are, are doing to, uh, as well to the right. So it's going to go back and forth, but we need to also look at the way that we just relate to other human beings. Are we constantly walking around with a paranoid or non-relational mindset? Are we just, you know, staying in our own cave online and just relating to people through the screen? That's also a problem. Or are we going out there 
and trying to repair some of the relational damage that's been done over the past few years and treating people as individuals and treating people as human beings because it's, I can see a lot of people are like, either you're on my side or you're against me. Either you agree with everything I say or you're an enemy and they can't accept nuance in the people around them. And this is perfect material for us to end up in an extreme situation in the US, which we're already in, where we have one side, you know, hating the other side and, and the other side hating them back. And then it's just this loose vest, you know, exactly. of yeah. hatred. Exactly. And neither people are, are correct, actually. Neither side are correct. And divide and conquer within the truth movement. Um, before we go into specifics more, I also want to really acknowledge, because I can put up the mirror my, on myself, because in my early days, when I first, I personally took the uh, red pill, it was probably early in the 90s, um, and then into the 2000s, I was also very much looking back, my own unconscious shadow, trauma, wounding, informed <laughs> my views, perceptions, and polluted my research and sometimes in, in certain ways and become overly, I engage in splitting, oversimplified black and white thinking, easily calling certain people out, chill, psyop, whatever, controlled op, um, just because they were maybe not aligning with one view, but um, you know, uh, were maybe right in other ways. I want to point out, though, there's definitely real controlled opposition psyops and all of that. Psyops, by the way, on that sense, can be positive psyops, psychological operation to help people wake up, that sometimes people forget that, or negative psyops to divert people away. Uh, but again, there's definitely true controlled op psyop, but it has been very, very exaggerated over the past three years. And I want to also just point out, uh, I wrote an article about this very topic last year called Controlled Opposition and the Truth Movement, which you can find on my website, veilofreality.com. And the article starts off, starts off with some of the things I've heard over the last couple of years. Remember the Canadian trucker convoy, you mm -hmm. know, that was going to uh, Toronto, uh, I believe, mm -hmm. or the capital. Um, you know, I heard that from people. The trucker convoy is a psyop controlled up. Joe Rogan is a shill controlled up. Russell Brand is controlled up. David Icke is controlled uh, who's up. Who's that new guy, that new podcaster who is friends with uh, Joe Rogan? Um, Lex Friedman. Lex Friedman. Yeah, I'm now, sorry, he's controlled up. I'm sorry, though. Like, that guy very artificially it's rose to the top <laughs> really true, quickly. Like... I can get... I saw yeah. even there's this account I follow on Twitter called the World E-Communist Forum. It's making fun of the World Economic Forum. And they reposted a video with him and Yuri. I saw that. Yeah, name. Yuri. And then they, they put the caption, like, two of our best agents. <laughs> <It was> <laughs> <laughs> let, let me just finish my point real quick. So the list, you know, there's others. Michael Tessarian is controlled up. Dr. Malone is a shill. Controlled Jordan Peterson is a shill. JP Sears is controlled up. Trump is controlled up. Bitcoin is a psyop. You are controlled up. As a matter of fact, I've been called controlled up shills, Illuminati throughout uh, the years, as have you so many times. And some of them I thought as well, for example, I at some point thought Alex Jones is a shill or Russell Brand is controlled up. Also, many years ago, you know, as I was in very going deep into the conspiracy uh, rabbit hole, I thought David Icke, Icke is controlled up really as well, you know. But looking back, I can see how I was just also caught in the second matrix, the paranoid of my own mind. I was lacking nuance. I did was not sincerely engaged in inner work. My own shadow, my paranoia, my wounding came up. I was projecting it unconsciously externally and falling into very oversimplified splitting. I was not engaged in a deeper spiritual work to see how the divine can use any person as their instrument, no matter how distorted. 
And a lot of people are simply human beings that do their best who are not always right. Like we're not always correct. We are off. We have our issues, problems, whatever. Uh, and we nobody knows the whole truth and it's not black and white. It doesn't necessarily mean that somebody is right away controlled up or a shill. And I understand the, I want to just give also credibility to some people's thinking, understand if somebody's more in popular, famous in the limelight, like a celebrity type, like Russell Brand, you know, and all of these people out there uh, that people think he must be a shill, controlled up. But now over the years, when I really look uh, people like I don't I don't see that black and white even with best example Elon Musk I full on wrote an article about him many years ago that he is just a controlled ops shill just to bring in the technocratic agenda and all of that and I'm sure he has his own agenda but I don't see that black and white anymore right the same time he has freed uh, Twitter you know brought up back back um, free speech and all of that. So my view has changed. So it's not all good or all bad, just a shill, or I'm also not buying into the savior projections, obviously, but I feel we need to have come to a nuanced view with all of that. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Sound of Freedom. So for those who don't know, Sound of Freedom is a film about Tim Ballard, who had an organization called Operation Underground Railroad, where he basically freed children from child sex tra trafficking, mainly operating in international places. So this film was actually rescuing a child from was where Colombia was it or Columbia, based in Columbia. yeah from Colombia um, is based off a true story but as like any movie when they say based off a true story it's like maybe got like a couple points that are true and then the rest is kind of cobbled together from the rest of his time in the organization so we saw the film so because we wanted to also give an informed op an opinion about it so that's the first point is that if you want to have an informed opinion about a film, you honestly have to go see it. You can't make an opinion about something that you haven't seen or read. Otherwise, it's an uninformed opinion. So if you want to comment about the movie first, you have to see the see it, even if you think it's a psyop. Okay, so then go see it and then point out all the ways you think it's a psyop. So we see two sides. The mainstream media hates on it, like totally dismisses it as this QAnon conspiracy theory that child sex trafficking is not as bad as people make it out to be. If you even saw Biden administration also took down child trafficking on its list of priorities, which is very interesting timing. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, you didn't know that? Mm. Yeah. And then... So you have people in the truther community are very split about it. Some people love it and they're like, oh my God, everyone has to see this film. And some people, the black with well, the black pill truthers are like, this film is a psyop because this movie needs to get people to accept biometric IDs, which is microchips for children. So it's kind of this conspiracy to brainwash the masses to accept microchipping children under the guise of protecting them from trafficking. So before we get into our own personal opinions about it, I just want to point out where these people are correct. So there's a point in the movie where they like use a vaccine to kind of like get into a certain village to look at the children. No, they pretend to be doctors. Yeah, they pretend to be doctors like va vaccinating children. <laughs> Obviously, in the past few years, to bring up that as a way to get children, it made me raise an eyebrow. But that's a small, small thing. Where they are correct is this biometric future of society you know, even I saw the other day at our ho local Whole Foods, you can now scan your palm to pay. This is already happening. It so will come no matter what. It's going to come and and we're just going to have to deal with it as it comes. Um, another thing too, well, so I'm going to get into my own personal opinion about it now. So... 
the way they showcased pedophiles as some creepy guy with glasses in his basement is such a like, I mean, it's such a classic archetype. But from what I've experienced with working with women who are sexually abused by usually their parents or someone they knew, these were average everyday Americans. The guy you see at the golf course, the guy who has a nice family and you think he has it all together. So I thought that was kind of not cool because they're they're everyday regular Americans who look like regular people. And also where I also agree with the truthers or the black pilled people about this is like lack of action in people in general. So people see this film, oh yes, like everyone save the children. And then they forget about the next day they fall into their own typical unconsciousness. You know, someone even next door to them could be being trafficked and they would fall into unconsciousness. But I would have to say that's a bigger issue beyond the film. That's a bigger collective issue in humanity in general, that they seek entertainment and they seek ways to kind of make them feel better and they don't actually have the courage to take action. So I agree with that part. So what do you want to share about your views about it? Yeah, I agree with some of you. The second part, I don't fully agree. I'm going to make my case here right now. Uh, first of all, when I saw the film, I definitely shed some tears. I definitely I have cried a bit, you know. Not only because the film, and I agree, there's a whole like, you know, they make it into films so dramatizing certain things. And I agree also with the first creepy guy. It looks like a, you know, stereotypical creepy guy when in fact it could be your everyday nice uh, high status neighbor or anybody in your family as well who is a pedophile. So uh, that would be better to, you know, portray it better that way. But again, I think the whole point, like going beyond before I address the black pill people, um, the positive note, I have researched this topic literally since the 90s. Um, I came across child uh, child trafficking and elite pedophilia. Also thanks to, I remember watching a David Icke lecture. Not uh, watching, I attended a David, eight-hour David Icke talk back in the days. He has a long time, talks in 1999, that was. And I remember something clearly he said back then that stuck to me to this day, and I'm paraphrasing. He said, it's all about the children. When the children's sex trafficking rings are going to be exposed, elite pedophilia, the whole matrix will break because everybody cares for the children. Everybody who has a consciousness cares about the children. It is all about the children. That stuck with, stuck with me. And since then, I've written about it. I've exposed it in my own way. I've talked to uh, victims of child trafficking for other years. Back then, nobody wanted to listen to it. Nobody wanted to talk about it. Nobody wanted to hear it. Understandably, it's a very, very disturbing t topic. Extremely disturbing right? So nobody was open for that back then. Now with this film, I'm very positively surprised what kind of mass acceptance it's getting in the world. Uh, we're literally beating Indiana Jones at the box office and more and more people are open to this topic. Even when we went to the movie theater that was on a Tuesday early afternoon, the movie theater was packed. Yeah. So that was very positive and, you know, definitely <clears throat> got, me to th got me thinking again as well. Um, because of the horror of what's happening way beyond what's even shown on the movie screen. And the way I perceived the movie, I was already aware of a lot of it, and it didn't even touch, it was just the tip of the iceberg. Obviously, they cannot show the real horror in the movie, obviously, otherwise pedophiles would like the movie. Um, but I saw it for what it is, that it was intended to reach more uh, consensus mainstream, maybe audience, you know, more with so-called normies. It was not made for, uh, the movie made for people who may be already aware of this topic. Uh, and in that context i saw it as a success for example of the days after i watched the movie i saw a lot of 
shorts on YouTube, TikTok and Twitter of regular people, you know, regular normie people sharing their experiences or their insights and views of the film right after they saw the film. And that was very touching to see how it really affected them. You know, like you said, or, or some truthers say that, you know, people just they get emotionally upset and then won't do anything. But I've seen really people being really concerned, really stating that, wow, I had no idea that this is really happening in the world. Some people have no idea that this is actually going on in the world, a mm -hmm. $150 billion dollar industry. Mm -hmm. So that was amazing, that awareness alone already. And then even some parents said, you know what, like, wow, I'm going to really like become a better parent now. That was very beautiful to see for parents. I'm going to be more observant, you know, my neighborhood when I see anything sketchy. So that, yeah, people are not going to go out and hunt pedophiles now. But it, from what I saw, it did the intention which was needed or the effect that was needed or that was intended to bring awareness to this topic on a bigger scale. Will the problem of pedophilia, let elite pedophilia and all that be over and done in a few years because of that? No, of course not. Just hunting down pedophiles and arresting them is not going to solve anything. These issues go way, way deeper, which we want to talk about as well. But I found, you know, looking back over the past 25 years, it's amazing to see how finally now people are open to this topic. And that's my counter argument to all the black pilled people um, think, saying that it's a by the deep stays to lure people into accepting microchipping children, all of that. Um, if it if it's that if it, that's a psyop for those ends, then it's a great psyop to bring awareness to this topic at the same time. I have to say, yeah, I think for me, I can kind of see where they're coming from because this guy does have a lot of funding, and for <laughs> people who are kind of in this community, that can be a bit of a red flag. But yeah. I didn't know though, uh, Glenn Beck. Uh, isn't this the name Glenn Beck? Yeah, this conservative. Uh, mm -hmm. What did he start out? He was like a radio show. Anyway, yeah. he actually funded it. So they have big conservative money behind them. Basically. Yeah, that's another thing. These black people, like what's the funding coming from? Some sketchy connections and all of that. Honestly, I've looked through all of them. It doesn't really, you know, com you know, you can easily lose sight of the forest for the trees, so to speak. And again, from an archetypal perspective, and in, in terms of the evolution of consciousness that people are now open to this topic. That is a big, big positive thing. Yeah, I think also it's important to just see the nuance in it. Is that, is it the best thing in the world or is it the worst thing in the world? The truth mm -hmm. is, is somewhere in between. Like my, and what we're going to talk about, you know, the, in order to combat child sex trafficking and also especially just the epidemic of child sexual, sexual abuse in general, we need to understand that over 90% of the time it is someone that the child knows. So it's your, the guy who, you know, works at the YMCA, it's your uncle, it's your friend, it's your husband sometimes or what, you know, so it's happening in front of our eyes and, in order to actually truly combat this, we need a lot more than just demonizing and catching all the pedophiles. It's such a deeper issue that relates to attachment, that relates to your own disassociation from your family, that relates to how you've processed your own trauma. Because if you hold sexual trauma and you haven't looked at it, then you're most likely going to turn a blind eye when it's happening to your uh, children as a form of denial. Exactly, that relates to your own sexuality, you know? If you have children and you sexualize yourself, what example do you give to your children? Um, porn, OnlyFans, Tinder, all of that, it's all interrelated. There's, there's a topic of um, pedophile rings and uh, child trafficking. It's not an isolated 
thing at all. And we see this nowadays, obviously, with more and more uh, children being sexualized. Yeah. So basically, there's a splitting happening. The film is either the best over ever or the worst ever. I think that any to any time that there's a film like this that has been brought to collective consciousness, it represents an archetype that we're ready to finally face and integrate. Yes. Will people take action? Well, that's my issue with people in general, to be honest, <laughs> like not just the pedophilia thing, but in even regards to their own work is that, you know, you have to have a very strong will to go against the ways of the sleep, sleepless sleepiness of the consensus. So that, that's a whole other topic. But let's also just talk about how this relates to the dark side of Pluto and Aquarius, which we're already seeing and we're just going to see a lot more over the next 20 years. So mass trauma, mass fragmentation, which splitting falls underneath. You split off a part of yourself and then you attack it as evil, insanity, mass mental illness, mass hysteria. Also, utopian movements like communism get up, getting swept up in utopian ideals which the, which the right will have its the far right will have its own version of by the way it's not just the far left and their uh neo-marxism and cultural marxism the far right will arise and also have a utopian ideal oh yes we just need to have become con christians and conservatives and have a strong and have many as many children as possible on that and live on a farm and a homestead like they have their own utopian ideal that's arising um so let's just talk about a few things that we see number one um i really want to talk about it from an archetypal perspective so any time a symbol reaches the masses, from a Jungian perspective, it means that this is ready to be integrated into consciousness. So there's consciousness around child sex trafficking, which is happening just from people talking about this film. You don't even need to actually see the film. You need to just look at the public conversation around it. That's extremely important because pedophiles thrive on humanity's unconsciousness and ignorance around this topic. And you have to, like, I know from someone who has dealt with sexual abuse, that working through it has given me a radar for this creepy energy that runs through people who sexualize children. And you can call it your gut feeling, your instinct, your intuition. But once you have that switched on and you're actually paying attention to your children, a pedophile will not get to your children because who do they get? They get people who don't have a father. They get people whose families have insecure attachment. So 93% of children knew their abuser, which means it's happening to people close to the family. They're not getting kidnapped by random strangers and getting trafficked in South Africa. It's happening around you all the time. So that's the main thing to watch out for. So we need to recognize the signs. We need to heal our own trauma, especially if we experience sexual abuse. So we're in tune with our instincts and we are able to trust our gut and also healthy families, secure attachment is part of it. Yeah, the healthy family aspect is key. I'm just reminded of my interview with people I remember from last year of Aneka Lucas, who was sold by her own mother as a preteen to an elite pedophile ring in Europe. So it's all within the family where it already starts to happen. Right? Yes. So it's all about how we raise our children. That's where it starts. It's not about this externalization like, more power to Tim Bell and others who, you know, catch pedophiles and are in the trenches and all of that. Absolutely. He also embodies the archetypal hero, so to speak, you know, the hero archetype. 
uh, nowadays, and I'm, I'm sure he's not a perfect person, so we need to watch out. People maybe positively project on him or negatively that he's a Freemason. I've all heard all these accusations as well. By the way, on the side note, not all Freemasons are evil to begin with. It's another black and white thinking here as well. But it starts, as you rightly say so, within ourselves, with our family, our internal life, our own relationship to our sexuality and all of that, that's where the work needs to happen. And that's, again, when you tie it into this black-pilled approach where everything is a trap and all of that, uh, these are people also extremely externally oriented. Yes. Almost also falling into like, <laughs> it just comes to me almost like the leftist victim blame trap. You know what I mean? Oh my God, there's psyops and traps everywhere. You cannot trust every anyone. It's almost a trauma response, unconscious trauma response, which I can relate to that uh, says internal voice, unconscious. I cannot trust life. I cannot trust anyone. I cannot trust myself. Why? Because of trauma. Yeah. And the dangers of these ages, especially with the sexualization of children, are already present. How many kids are allowed on social media these days? Mm -hmm. How many kids are being exposed to porn when they're really young? Or maybe their parents are just checked out and disconnected and they're just scrolling TikTok and social media every day and then they give their child a phone so they keep busy. So what we're stressing is there needs to be nurturing connection Nurturing present attuned connection with children by, ch by parents who are attuned to themselves. So you can't create secure attachment if you're not attuned to yourself. That's the thing is that it begins with your own inner work. It starts from the inside out, actually. So that's the first part. So the inner work is actually necessary. That's You can't create secure attachment externally. It begins with your relationship to yourself internally. So nurturing attuned connection, but also... The father, the masculine archetype, which can play out through the mom or the father, ideally the father, which means conscious protection for the children. Because pedophiles thrive when the parents are not paying attention. So it means when they're not paying attention to what the children are doing online or just not paying attention in general. Because if you're, I forget, I'll never forget this quote by Gaber Mate, you know, where he talked about this uh, pediatrician who was basically, or maybe he was a gym, a gymnast teacher. No, it was a, it, it was a pediatrician. And he was basically, he molested like a whole bunch, like 50 children. And he said that if you were to put hands on my child, I would know right away when they came in. You know, that's kind of the that that's kind of the parenting. What do you mean need. if he would put if, hands? If he if if his child if his child would have been sexually abused, he would have known the moment that they came in you the mean, house. You mean Gabbers? Gabber. Okay, got Gabber. it. Gabber. Yeah, got that's it. what he's trying to say is that the parents who don't know that their child is being sexually abused are extremely checked out of the relationship, mm. and they have been mm -hmm. for a very long time, and that's how it happens. Because, like, look at how vulnerable children is. Do you think something wouldn't change in them if something terrible happened with them? That there wouldn't be a change of behavior? You know, I even know with my, I even know with kids, you know, when they go through traumatic incidents, they have incidents of bedwetting. All sorts of issues will start to pop up. There's so many red flags. So we need to educate ourselves on this. But also, the showing of the ch ch uh, pictures of children online is crazy. You know, that's a free-for-all for pedophiles. Where are they lurking? Facebook, Instagram. TikTok. They're looking for pictures of your children on the beach, taking baths, doing, eating anything that looks phallic. Like this is, I, I know it sounds dark, but this is what I'm seeing. And no, I'm this, seeing this it, I'm seeing it in plain sight. I'm seeing yeah. TikTok accounts where like three-year-old girls are like 
eating bananas and they're being saved thousands of times. Like this is happening right in front of us. And we need to be careful, especially with the way we present our children online, because it's, that's where the pedophiles are thriving right now. So, yeah, it's also like a reality check for parents, you know, because a lot of parents I know they mean well, this one is proud of their children to show them, you know, but sometimes narcissistic parents wanted to show off the children uh, to feel better about themselves. And so that's another huge topic nowadays at what age you really show your child to the, you literally show your child to the public. Anybody can have access to it. So it's a free for all for pedophiles, especially. Right? Yeah. So, but, you know, I would like to also now connect it, the dark side, dark side of Pluto and Aquarius and the splitting with this, arising black pill phenomena in the truth or community. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, you know, just to wrap it up, the secure attachment is how we protect ourselves from the epidemic of child sex, sexual abuse. I'm not even talking about trafficking, which is a whole other deeper end of it, but just look at the epidemic of child sexual, sexual abuse. So how in touch are you with yourself? How, how much have you healed your own trauma? How, how good of a relationship have you built with your kids? Meaning truly attuned, caring relationship. How in touch are you are with your own instincts and body and how available are you are to connection? Because pedophiles know who, don't come from, who doesn't come from a good family. They know who doesn't have a strong father figure. They know whose family has trauma. I've seen many interviews of them actually explicitly saying that. So it's not about just going rescuing people in like South America. It's like looking at for your own neighborhood. Because well, remember, he even said this in, in the movie that America is one of the largest consumers of child uh, of, of pedophilic material. It has increased 5,000% over the past three years. Yes. That's also really because of the lockdown and all of that. And it's a big business. It's big money to be made, $150 billion industry, right? Yeah, exactly. And like you said, you have to understand, and I was mentioned in the film as well, but it's common sense, these uh, child trafficker and pedophiles, they have almost a sixth sense for children coming from a broken home, they traumatized. Do. They 100% do. And that's why also it's specifically in third world countries, you know what I mean? People are not aware of, you know, the work we're talking about, about parenting, psychology, attachment theory, and all of this. But, you know, there's only so much that you can do, and it starts in your own home, first and foremost. Yeah, and teach kids also what appropriate touch and what inappropriate touch is when they're ready to learn about that. Like when they're preteen, when they're coming of age, or even, I mean, just letting them know about their bodies very young. Like, it's not okay if someone touches you like that. Like, you can find ways to educate them very young, but it really begins in your connection with them. Because if they're not talking to you, if they don't feel safe talking to you, if they feel they have to be a false self around you yeah. in order to maintain their relationship, that's the biggest issue. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the splitting behavior. Yes. So where does it come from? So it's a defense mechanism. It means you categorize people as all good or all bad. So it's a black and white way of thinking. So when you have, uh, when you struggle with splitting, you view yourself and others in extremes and you cannot see the complexities of people and life in general. So you polarize the world into good, evil, all good, all bad. And then it's this internal battle, you know, that comes from anxiety, avoidance of difficult feelings. It can be a subconscious reaction to stress. Um, so it's basically stems from an ability to grasp uncertainties in life. And if someone is all bad, then you're all good. And if you're all bad, they're all good. There's no in-between. So we want to also acknowledge that this is very detrimental to relationships, but also not all splitting is bad 
we all do it for starters, but it also helps us make sense of the world and make predictions. Um, this is also happening usually because of a result of trauma. So if we are unable to reconcile that our mother or father, well, it begins with the mother, is nurturing sometimes, but she's also sometimes unresponsive, then we will begin to categorize people into all good or all bad. It basically is a type of developmental trauma that happens early on in life that then perpetuates into our adolescence and adulthood. So those also with like, I mean, we see this most commonly in two different personality disorders, narcissistic personality disorder, which is like, I'm the best, I'm all virtuous and you're beneath me. And also by uh, borderline people, like you're either the best in the world, I love you so much, or you're the worst, I hate you. Like, it's like that book that they wrote about borderline personality. I love you, don't leave me. I hate you, I hate you, I love you. That's kind of the right. thing. And so, you know, basically you can notice this when you fall in love with someone. If you're the type of person who falls madly and deeply in love with them and they're just perfect and they're amazing, but the moment that you see something unfavorable in their personality, you just fall out of love with them and you get very disillusioned, you're falling into splitting basically. So it's very common and basically it is cured through our own shadow work, through our own inner work, through acknowledging what's going on within us to being able to recognize when we're splitting, but also just accepting that everyone and every everyone basically has good or bad qualities. Even the person you detest the most can also have positive traits and having a more nuanced and layered and complex understanding of people and life. So this psychological concept of splitting, which is a defense mechanism, right, based on trauma, we can now obviously see that as an aspect of the black pilled truth of community. Exactly. Right? Yes. Yes. Just want to make the connection yeah, yeah, right yeah. there. So it's like either, either you agree with everything I say and you're a hero or so even people listening to this podcast, if you think si sound of freedom is a psyop and you ha have liked everything we've said up until now, but now we've said this and like, Oh my God, Lauren Bernhard or controlled opposition, they're shills. Well, that or, happened. That you happened know, that's what people can do, you know? And so you either demonize, you demonize people who have a different opinion from you. Well, basically falsely reinforcing your own positive thoughts. So I know everything and you're now controlled opposition and you're all bad, even though you said other good things in the past, I'm just going to cut that all off from consciousness because you've said this one thing I don't like and yes. therefore you're evil. And this happens in relationships most commonly. Like, you know, we get into it as well. I get into it because I have my own particular traumas around this. But it's like the moment that someone says something you don't like and then you demonize them, they're the worst, they're a narcissist, they're controlled opposition, they're whatever, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and you forget everything good that ever happened with them and they just suddenly become this split off evil part, which is actually yeah. an aspect of your own childhood, which then you attack. Well, that definitely happened to me throughout my quote unquote career, writing about certain topics, you know, um, and writing about very, you know, controversial polarizing topics when people love my work and pose of shadow projection onto me, right? Put me on a pedestal and then I write this one topic, one thing. Uh, which have a different view than others, maybe, or most others. And all of a sudden, like you said, it's a complete splitting. It turns in the opposite. All of a sudden, I'm a shill, uh, controlled op, everything yes. I do, did is shit, and throwing out the baby completely out with the bathwater. And not only that, and then I'm being publicly attacked as this and that, because can you believe he uh, gives, uh, um, you know, 
credibility to this and that and all of that completely spitting completely immature black and white childish almost thinking it is right? it is coming from the child self that's why it's childish so you know you're splitting if you see other people as all good or all bad or either you're good all good or all bad or you have intense mood swings in relationships where you like you love them you hate them i mean it's yeah. also a trait of borderline personality disorder uh uh tendencies um also there's also the tendency um, people when people have the tendency to like really idealize someone in the early romantic phase and then they devalue and condemn them later on. That is also splitting, mm -hmm. pushing towards people, loving them like crazy and then pulling away really intensely, yeah. searching for perfection in a relationship. It's not possible. I'm sorry. I've tried with Bernhard many times. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't somehow turn him to the idealized projections I have in my mind, no matter how much I've tried. So I've had to reconcile that. I'd be like, okay, we love each other, but we're also very different in some ways. You know, that's that's true love will begin, can only begin if you can see the whole person. And where does that begin? With seeing the whole person within yourself. So it's not easy to stop splitting because it's coming from a deep childhood wound. It usually yeah. begins very early developmentally around, I think, age uh It begins when you're still breastfeeding, basically. So, but you need to become aware of your thoughts. You need to become how you tend to do this. Doing shadow work can be can really help. So recognizing the good and bad qualities within yourself can help you recognize it in others. And also getting therapy for any major tra childhood trauma that you may be aware of. So learning secure attachment can really help because sec secure attachment can still recognize even when someone is doing something we don't like i still love them we still had good moments they're still a good person and that's really the cure to splitting is if yeah. you can see someone having an opinion you don't like a mood you don't like whatever it is having a personality trait you don't like but still recognize that they still have inherently good qualities and be able to hold those together that's that kind of integration that well, needs to happen For example, again, putting the mirror myself, I can e see how easy it is to fall into temptation on, in, of splitting, especially in the past couple of years again. You know, we've seen many therapists and others buy into the whole official COVID narrative, the vax and push it on people and whatnot, or promoted it, or um, by the woke ideology, including, yeah. I want to call, you know, I've talked, we've talked about it before, Gabra Mate, right? Mm -hmm. Or Philip Shepard, I had him on my podcast, embodiment mm -hmm. teacher, really like his work. But and it's easy in my anger, like frustration, almost grief, like how dare you, how can you buy into this bullshit is almost anger and sadness at the same time, mm -hmm. you know, because I would like this, their work so much. And of course, my own positive projections are involved in that. Yeah. And I can see the temptation. Okay, fuck these guys. I'm not going to screw their work. I'm not going to, you know, give them any credit anymore. I'm going to throw out the baby with the bathwater, basically. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. these moms, okay, they have this opinion. I don't agree. Right. And it's it's still it's a red flag for me. Absolutely. There's a certain credibility issue. But the work, what they've done and what they taught me and when we applied with others, it works. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, for example, Gabor Mate's Compassion Inquire, which you studied, it's, it's an, a beautiful modality that uh, helps people, you know. Uh, Philip Shepard, I have on the, on the podcast and whatnot, you know, his process of embodiment and healing the body mind split and all of that, it's great work. So if you can, you can still use. Um, the teachings uh, that stand on their own or practices when you don't fall into splitting. 
Yes. And this is not easy work because, not easy at all. because what you're trying to do is you're trying to split off a part of your consciousness onto another and then attack that because that's the part of yourself that you're attacking. It's a part of your own childhood. So it's not easy in order to withdraw your projections when you're, I don't know this because I'm doing this, I'm doing this on a daily basis, especially with the whole woke ideology and how much, how dangerous that can be uh, and how much it's taken over people, you know? But that's why I made this post the other day on my Instagram that the most radical thing you can do is actually to, to look at people as individuals and not separate them into all good or all bad, not separate them in, into identity groups and just look at them as individuals. Yes. But you need to be able to withdraw the projections to hold the tension of what it's like to withdraw your projections because it feels temporarily good to split because we've rejected everything bad within ourselves onto some external party and then we've attacked it and it feels it feels good for, for us it's, it's like a treat for our shadow but to hold the tension and to be able to question yourself and number one just being able to catch oh wait a second they said something i don't like and now i just recognize them as evil what's going on within me even that self-awareness is a huge, huge, huge step in the right direction. Because if you can hold that tension, if you can start to inquire what's behind that, then that's the gateway to actually healing it. Very well said. And also, I just want to point out uh, certain misconception. Not not to fall into splitting to either or does not imply that the truth is somewhere in the middle. That will be the middle ground fallacy as well. That's kind of like a cop-out as well. But in a nutshell, again, what is so what is the antidote to this black pilled matrix mind trip with uh, mind trap we see so much right now in the truth of community well it is the inner work and that's we have been talking about this many times again but we see it so much that in the so-called truth of community people glued to the screen pointing out the conspiracies information warfare psyops controlled up all in fine and good but there is this distinct lack of sincere inner work of shadow work of really understanding your psyche how your projections and triggers could dis you know, pollute your own perceptions of what's really going on. As a matter of fact, I would argue that deep shadow work, healing your trauma and really doing the inner work is a prerequisite as a truth seeker to really uh, explore the world and understand what's going on. If you don't know yourself, you don't know the world. Yeah. So, And the last thing I also want to add is that I see a lot of people posting memes like, you got to integrate your shadow or else you're going to end up dating it. Well, you're going to be integrating your shadow. You're going to be single for a long time if you wait to do that because <laughs> it takes a long time. Yes. You don't just do a course or read a book on shadow work and suddenly your shadow is integrated or worse off. I see people just read memes online and be like, oh, I've done my shadow work. <laughs> It takes years. It takes decades. It's lifetimes. It's lifetimes. Like you can, you, you, you have a, so we have so much shadow material to work with. We're going to be doing this for a while. <laughs> like anybody so, who claims his shadow yeah, integrated is enlightened. Yeah. Cause it gets more nuanced. It gets more subtle with time. So it's an ongoing process. You know, as long as there's a collective shadow, we're going to have more shadow material to integrate. So yeah, let's just touch on what we're going to talk about in the second hour. So we're going to talk more about how, you know, this division, divide and conquer in the truth community, how Watiko can infect groups, um, the hyperdimensional matrix and how occult forces can target the truth seeker. I'm going to share a little bit about the second stage of individuation and what that looks like and how it relates to what we're seeing in the truth community. What are some positive themes of Pluto and Aquarius? What we can we orient to, towards that positive? 
Um, and also this kind of danger of flipping between extreme forms of identification. So you're either a right-wing conservative Christian or you're a leftist, wokest, progressive person. So yeah. it's one of two extremes. And so true individuation is really the antidote to that. And that's about it. So thank you guys for listening. For those who don't know that we have a second hour, we have a second hour to every single podcast that you can sign up for by going to veilofreality.com and you'll see an option to subscribe on the header. What is it under? It's under memberships. Under membership and you can sign up and you got access to every second hour. On the second hour also often, especially in the past few years, we talk about stuff that sometimes we can't talk about on the first hour because of censorship reasons. So if you like our podcast and you want to go deeper, we highly recommend joining us and thank you all for listening. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you.